We've been looking at the, the reality, the design, the purpose last week. We were looking at the, how God designed us to, to fill us, to put stuff in us, and to fill us with the overflowing of the water, the, the Spirit, the Word and the Spirit working together. And we saw how sin, fear, and doubt, they create that lid on our lives that, that just means that the life flow can't actually happen. If the lid's in place, then very quickly whatever we're trying to do runs out. That we're living a life with a lid on us, we cannot do the things that God called us to do. We have to have that lid removed. But there also has to be this outflow. Without the outflow, actually we just come into frustration. Because actually we get to the point where I can't take any more of what God's doing in my life. I'm going to explode. (laughs) The prophet talks about fire stored up in his bones. It's it's a God-given, unsatisfied nature, if you know what I mean. It it kind of sounds weird that God, God makes us dissatisfied. But that's what it's literally. It's in our bones. You, you, you know, up to top. You know, there's nothing more can go in. But we're not designed that way. We're designed to be pouring out into others as fast as we get it. And you know what we saw is this lid. How, how sin, fear and doubt cause such problems. And, and it's all very well kind of saying, let's put it down and stomp on it. And I think Claire had a bit of a... Last week, and she thought I was actually going to stomp on it. But the life of the Spirit in us is us putting the, knowing that that's never going to be allowed back on. And we, we walk around daily. We understand that we have been given a new nature. The lid, sin, created this lid that our soul and our body, our mind, our will and emotions... All the time, we're trying to do what we think, how we think. But the problem of sin in our lives, the lid, it just it holds everything in place. So that nothing really is of life in there. There's no, there's no release. And then we see that, you know, this, this, this need, this barrier, the sin barrier has to be removed so that the spirit can actually come to life. This is what it means to be born again. That God has created us. Our spirit, soul, and body have been created to have God touching, filling our lives. And this sin barrier, this is what it talks about when the Bible says that you were dead. That this barrier separated our soul from from God and what God wanted to do in our spirit. This life of God in us. And so when the lid comes off, when we give our lives to the Lord and we say, oh, no longer live with sin, no longer live with fears, I'm no longer going to live with my own imaginations, with my own reasoning. You see, this is the problem. Our mind, our will, and our emotions, they always lead us into making decisions. You see, that's my will, it's my decision-making. But it's a decision-making based upon how I see things, how I understand things. And so it's I in the middle of will, 
It's me making those decisions as I know best. And the problem is, I cannot see from God's perspective. He sees from a different height from me. He sees not just uh, a height in, in, in terms of uh, aspects. Uh, you know, look, I'm standing on the stage looking down, so I, I can see everybody. If I stood down here, I wouldn't be able to see everybody in the same way. But he sees not just from a height, but he sees from the end of time and the start of time all at the same time. So he sees today and tomorrow and next year and 20 years' time at the same moment as he sees right now and how he speaks into our life is with a future perspective. He doesn't just say, one day you are going to be this. Because he sees our future today as the now reality, he sees what he wants to do with us today so that there's no hesitation in our lives when tomorrow happens. But the problem so many Christians live is we try to live with with this next slide. We're trying to live being filled just kind of every now and again. And then what happens is we live a life as Christians. We're trying to live, God, I'm trying to know what to do. And then we, we, so we come to God and we go, right, please fill us. And then we go and we take it back to ourselves and we're like, right, okay, where am I going to go? Right, let's pour it out to this person's life. Okay, all right, let's make sure I keep the lid on so that I don't spill any. Right, let's pour it into this life. And that's what we've done. We've put fear, we put doubt and unbelief back onto our lives as we try to allow the spirit that God's put into us to then be poured into other people's lives. So we worry about our tomorrows and financial matters or our future and, and how, we, uh, how we're going to be trained or what we're going to do. And so we think we can't give him today because if I don't look after my job and do the right things today, my family is going to suffer. But that just means you're living with the lid on. Yeah, we've got, we've got some of God living in us, but it's still the lid on us. I I call it the new life, but it's not the designed life, because the lid's on. There's the the right stuff in there, there's the words in there, the spirit's in there, but there's a lid stopping fear, my future. Can I really do the things that God's got for me to do? I'm trying to work it out. I'm trying to pray into situations. I'm trying to give. I'm I'm, I'm trying to live a good life. But if I pour a bit out here, pour a bit out there, pour a bit over here, if I look in there, there's not a lot left. But that's because we're not designed to live with this lid on anymore. You know, it's a little bit like trying to, uh, to, to water someone with a squirt gun. We're doing our best. And it might be a super soaker. And we've got faith camp coming up in a week's time. And I know the weather's going to be awesome. I know Joseph, uh, he's got his big gun. He's ready for the water fights. He's probably got his water balloons ready. 
He loves, I, I think actually he's serving this year. He's serving uh, in the kitchens and helping feed the team and, and doing stuff. Uh, so he's, uh, he might not get to do some of the water fights this year. But he knows that the weather's going to be awesome. The weather's going to be sunny, it's going to be warm, he's going to have a lot of fun. So he, he gets himself ready. But the thing is, you know, you squirt someone, and to be honest, it's a bit like, hang on a minute, what was that? And in the water fights, only the person that's got the, 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 biggest, uh, the biggest water pistol kind of tends to win. But even they... They're they're living what I call the the new life. It's got the goodness of God. It's got the touches of the Spirit. But it's still every now and again we go and fill up and then we're off. And we're trying to make sure we don't lose what God's doing in our life. As we come over and pour it in, we're trying to protect it. We're trying to protect ourselves. God, I'm just not quite sure that I'm ready for all that you want to do in my life. I'm going to pour out a little bit and a little bit. And it's good stuff. But you see, God's designed us for so much more. God designed us for an overflow life. He designed us in a different way. It says in Isaiah, in Isaiah uh, 35, it says, In Isaiah 35, it says, The desert, the parched land, will be glad. The wilderness will rejoice and blossom. Like the crocus, it will burst into bloom. It will rejoice greatly and shout for joy. The glory of the Lebanon will be given to it. The splendor of Carmel and Sharon will see the glory of our God, the splendor of our God. Strengthen the knees. Steady the knees that give way. Say to those with fearful hearts, be strong, do not fear. Your guards will come. He will come with vengeance, with divine retribution. He will come to save you. Then the eyes of the blind will be opened. The ears of the deaf unstopped. Then the lame will leap with like a deer. The mute tongue will shout for joy. Water will gush forth in the wilderness and streams in the desert. The burning sand will become a pool. The thirsty ground bubbling springs. In the haunts where the jackals once lay, grass, reeds and papyrus will grow. grow. And a high will be there. It will be called the way of holiness. See, this is, this is God speaking about a you and me. It's not just speaking about some road to God. This is the, the, the declaration of us that we should be living in the overflow life. It's, it's not that we stand there getting a little bit from God and then right in the morning, okay, I've got a word from God now, let's, let's try and use it today. But God intends us to be standing under that overflow and understand that the more we stand there in our lives under the overflow, it doesn't just bubble out there 
out the spout. It comes out the top. Because the, the speed with which God wants to fill us, the awareness of the Holy Spirit at every moment of every day means that, 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 that there's a great grace comes upon our life. This is the flows of the Spirit that the Spirit talks about, that the Word of God talks about. It, it, it talks about these rivers in the desert. That when we walk into work, the atmosphere changes. Because you and I haven't just got filled with the Spirit first thing in the morning. We're walking in there with an awareness of what the Holy Spirit's doing because we're praying in tongues just generally. There's, a, there's, a, there's something going on around our lives that we stay under the water flow as we go. We're not coming and going and getting filled and then it's like trying to protect it. But we literally stand. We, we're walking. It's, it, you know, you've seen some of those cartoons with someone uh, 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 with the umbrella, but it's raining just where they stand. And we kind of think that's bad. But when we're talking about the Spirit, this is, this is what we're like. We walk around with a different weather pattern over you and me. The joy is flowing over me and in me all the time. The joy, the joy of the Lord is what makes me get out of bed first thing in the morning. Joy rises in me because I know who saved me. How is working in me. And it's what happens when I'm like, oh, my back's a bit sore, or my knee's a bit sore. My joints, I'm not sure what the bank account's doing. Joy gets me up, puts a smile on my face, because it's inside out. The inside, the overflow of my life is joy. You see, if you wake up in the morning and say, good morning, Holy Spirit. Like you say, good morning to the people you share your house with, whether it's a husband or wife, or a single person you're sharing your your house with with other single people. You you say, "Mm, good morning. (laughs) Sorry, that's the teenagers. (laughs) You say good morning to people you're around, don't you? We get up in the morning, it's good morning, Holy Spirit. Good morning, joy. Good morning, peace. Good morning, love. You see, he is all these things. He is the overflower in my life. He's He's the changer of my life. He's the one who glorifies my life. Adam and Eve in the garden didn't have to worry about how they looked until sin came in. It wasn't just that they were naked. They knew no shame. Shame came in as an effect of sin. But Holy Spirit... Fills us in the morning 
There's no sense of shame. There's no sense of, of worry. There's just a certainty. Oh, God's with me today. You know, we sing a song that goes, if our God is with us. And our trouble is, although I like the song, the if bit is the bit that I kind of want to <clears throat> to that song. Because he is. There's no if when we stand under the overflow. When we're standing under the overflow. You see, when Claire and I were having problems with our kids, we knew they picked up stuff at school, they picked up bad habits, they, they, they were cheeking us, they were doing... They're kids. Something more had to affect our household. Something different had to affect our household. So we would literally get the kids together and we, we would pray, come on, let's start rejoicing. And we'd walk around the bedrooms, we'd walk around our house and the sitting room and we'd, and we'd literally command the unclean spirits, the, the, the stuff of the, the world to get out. We would, we would pray together with our kids and get them praying with us. All of our children would have been praying in the spirit, praying in tongues from around three years old. It's not that our kids are special. This is natural, supernatural Christianity. This is the life that God's intended for our kids. He's intended for you and for me, as we get older, to stay green. Even in our old age. We might be a bit less hair and a bit greyer. but still sprightly. You know, what if we do fall off the end of the stage? <laughs> what is the life of the Spirit working in us today? Are we kind of grouchy and all just today? Or is love overflowing in our lives? Is the life of the Spirit this morning just kind of getting you up and like, yes! I want to rise. Something exciting is going to happen today. I don't know what, but I'm ready. I'm ready this morning for what God wants to do. I'm ready with a word. Pastor Sheila, she gets phone calls at the second's notice. She's like, I'm in the spirit. This is us. This is who we are in the spirit. It's not sometimes. It is the overflowing life. This life of God. God wants us kind of thinking like that. Ready to leap. Ready to jump. You know, for some of us, we're a bit like what it says in 2 Kings 13. They come to the whole, came to the man of God, and, and the man of God said to him, I want you to hit the ground with the arrows. And we go, okay. Yeah, sounds good. Pray in tongues. All right? So uh, I'll do that a couple of times. And what, is, what happened here in, in this story in 2 Kings 13, uh, towards the end of the chapter, it, 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 the prophet's getting ready to die. 
He's done everything God's called him to do. But a king has got a mandate for the next few years. Now, I'm not about to die. But you've got a mandate from God, things that he has planned, worked out for you to do today, tomorrow, next year. This overflow life of the Spirit demands that you stay overflowing everywhere you go. You see, this is the joy of the Lord. You know, as we understand and walk like this, you stop actually having to try and pour it into people's lives because it's overflowing. There's no need to pour it. It's happening anyway. If you ever put a cup or something under a tap, it just it overflows out of every hole that the container has. And you see, God, God, God has called us to be like firemen with a hose, that we're, that we're, we're spraying. But one thing you have to understand is it takes two firemen to hold that hose. It's one holds it and tries to control it, just kind of hold it still, and the other one's trying to direct it. See, Jesus works with us continually, helping us direct it in the right places. And all we, we're there just holding on. The flow of water is so fast, so, so overwhelming. If you've ever had a shower and you're, and you're trying to wash your hair and there's like the water pressure just isn't there, it's just like, why does it take 10 minutes to do when, you know, because in our house the, the water pressure gets affected if someone flushes the toilet. It doesn't change the temperature, but the water pressure certainly drops or the washing machine's on. Don't know about you, but it's like, hang on a minute, there's half the water coming out of this shower takes a long time. Have you ever stood under a waterfall, you, the, the shampoo and soap's gone in seconds. It's like, whoa! The overflow life, I mean, come on, look at that. You don't have to worry about whether you're full of joy, you're overflowing with joy. You see, when you're praying in tongues, this is what it does. It produces a, a, a sense of being in the Spirit continually. It doesn't mean you come to a situation, you begin to pray. But as you're walking around, you sense the Holy Spirit there with you, leading you. The number of times I have conversations, I already know what the person's going to say to me. I know whether it's right or wrong. The trouble as being a pastor is I know things I don't often want to know sometimes. You know, because it, it affects my heart if I'm not careful. But that's where I allow the Holy Spirit. Okay, Lord, this isn't about me. This is about you, these people. So, so I come to people. In our home, people notice the peace. Some of our greatest miracles have not happened here in church, but actually at home. We, we, we had uh, a guy come to visit us, uh, brought by a friend who was in the church, who had his spine um, uh, was completely crumbling, and he had two metal rods in his back. 
And uh, we were sharing with him about the Lord and, and the th- things that God's doing. And he was, he was like, yeah, I, I hear what you're saying. And then he just looked at Claire and he went, wow, you're glowing. Now, I couldn't see it. Claire couldn't see it. And he said, it's you. There's something going on here. What's happening? And he said, I can feel a man's hand on my shoulder. Someone's touching me. It's, it's like they're just they're, they're touching as a piece. There's, a, there's something physical happening here, and I don't understand it. And, and it, it, this, this, this disease in his, in his bones, that they were disintegrating, and he, he was in a lot of pain. And, and it was clear God wanted to heal him. But we hadn't had time to prep. We hadn't had time to get ready. They'll knock on the door. Here he is. Fill me. Touch me. Speak to me. Do something. I need a man of God. I need a woman of God. I need something to happen. See, this is what happens in our workplaces, isn't it? In our colleges. With our kids at the cinema and other places we go. We suddenly find ourselves in a situation and it's like, is there anything in here? Is there anything overflowing? God has given us tongues because our mind needs to stop trying to process what God wants to do through us. Your mind will always try to control and understand the things of God. Tongues is us quietening our mind in order for the Spirit to bring wisdom to us. As we pray in tongues, our mind is ineffective, but our spirit is highly effective. You see, this is the thing. Our mind needs to be filled with spiritual understanding, not natural understanding. In the natural, we would reason according to certain plans experiences, what we've seen in other people, how they've prayed, how they've tried to handle their kids, how they've tried to get a job, how, how other people operate. But the Spirit will tell us and direct us, go to this person, I have a job for you. Now, I don't know about you, but that's, that's how most of my jobs have come to me. There's an anointing has been in my life where I've been headhunted more than I've ever had to find jobs. So who in this church is pulling on that anointing? Who's pulling on that anointing? Who's pulling on that flow? That the word of the Lord, if it's on my life, it's on your life. Because you're connected to me. Come on. It's not that I'm special, but if God works something into our lives, he means it not just for me, but that you should be pulling on that. It's a flow from the head, an anointing grace. But it's not because you earn it, but because you stand in the overflow. If favor is in your life and on your life and overflowing, then people are drawn to you to give you favor. 
You don't have to get favor, you're walking in favor. You see, our kids are mighty in the land because he says so and he promised so. And I keep standing under that, declaring it over them every day. When they're bad and disbehaving and disobedient, when they're good and they're amazing me and are standing me by the way they pray and do things, I'm staying there. Our confession hasn't changed about our kids. Otherwise, we put them under pressure as parents. Parents, stop telling your kids what to be and declare God's goodness over them and they'll be what you want them to be and a lot more besides. This is the overflow. This is the joy. Hey, we can't be there and watch them. And the more we watch them, the more they seem to rebel anyway. I know I did when I was a kid. The more my parents tried to control me, the more I threw it off. And I was, it's one of the testimonies I was hearing just last week, just actually, I'm going to give up trying to control. It's like, yeah. That's how God then has the room to do. And if they go worse, you keep your hands off and you go, thank you, Jesus. The promise is just for me and for my kids and my kids' kids that you began a good work in me and began a good work in them, are going to bring to fruit. And Lord, I thank you. See, this is, this is what stops us going mental. <laughs> As parents. It keeps us in the overflow. It keeps us in the joy place. It's exciting. Because God this morning is already healing and producing change in mindset. There's an overflow that's actually spilling into some situations right now. There's a, there's a touch from God about your future that's happening. There's an ease in the spirit. God wants to fill me this morning. Do I need to get filled with the spirit? Of course I do. I'm a pastor. If I don't get filled, ongoing, continually flowing, then I walk off the stage. But by doing the things that God gives me to do, the way he gives them to do, I walk off feeling, oh yeah, thank you. I'm more filled at the end than I am at the start. When we're praying with our children, when we're praying with our neighbours, When we're praying for them, maybe they're not even there in the room. There's an overflow. Lord, I thank you. This is the certainty we have. That there is no barrier between us and God. This morning, God just did that, didn't he? When Claire and I, were, our children were teething and we were up during the night. Singing songs of joy. Worshipping the Lord, walking backwards and forwards at 2 o'clock and 5 o'clock in the morning. That's what stopped us hitting them. <laughs> Listen, everyone gets to the end of their tether. You start wanting to scream and holler and shout, that's enough. And you're at the end of your tether is the time to stand under the waterfall. 
Lord, I worship you. I exalt you. I don't see what you're doing, but I know my future's already set. My life's in your hands. And I can worship you. Worship you. Adore you. Glorify you. When people speaking badly about me, I'm going to worship you more. You've ordained praise to silence the enemy. <laughs> so enemy, you accuse me, I'm going to worship him more. I am an overcomer because he has overcome that lives in me. <laughs>